Angel fans, there are some cynical Halo fans that might think that the Angels don't have anyone of value to trade, but that's actually not true according to the reporting out there. So which players have value and why are they so valued? Let's talk about it. It's time to get locked on with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SiriusXM by searching Locked On Angels. And if you'd like to give back to the Super Halo Bros for all the Super Halo content, here's some things that you can do. Leave us a rate and a review on Apple Podcasts. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. And if you're not subscribed already, please subscribe and become a Locked On every day. Or whether you're watching or listening, come over to YouTube, leave a comment. It's one of the best ways to get in touch with us and be a part of the conversation. And today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more with FanDuel. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Thank you for being here for this episode of Lockdown Angels, where it's your team every day. You've got the First Brothers here with you, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Mike, I've been enjoying, speaking of Halo Bros, I've been enjoying that new Mario Brothers game, Mario Brothers Wonder. Have you played yes, that one? I have played that one. I, I'm, I'm Yoshi, and because, well, Yoshi doesn't take damage, and so that's <laughs> so why using, I'm Yoshi. You're using a baby character. That's I am. I, I'm the terrible Nintendo player that I, I never thought I'd be, but unfortunately, I'm confessing that on the show today. Well, that's what happens <laughs> when you get older, I guess. Hey, we, uh, listen, Watch it. We've, we've been fans of this team for years. It's our second offseason here with you at Locked on Angels. Two show notes. We're dropping episodes uh, today. We dropped one yesterday, and we'll drop one tomorrow on Friday. And we'll do the same thing next week because of the holiday, the New Year's holiday. We'll be here Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Then we'll be back to Monday, Wednesday, Friday after that. And we'll be doing three episodes a week up until right before spring training. And our second show note is that Lockdown Angels has been nominated for the 2024 Sports Podcast Awards. In fact, we got nominated for Best Baseball Podcast. Mike, there's some big names uh other contenders in that one so yeah we hope that you'll show your support for the halo bros uh just a a quick way to say thanks for suffering through this team and doing a 30 minute <laughs> show every day that would be the best way to say thank you if you just gave us the vote there that of course uh, that link is in the episode description below on today's show the angels are drawing interest from around the league which ones are they well there's a couple of players according to ken rosenthal of the athletic there's five players, in fact, that are getting interest from rival clubs. And we're going to talk about each one and which ones uh, bring a lot to the table and what they might bring back in return. Mike, let's get it started with Luis Renjifo. Yeah, a name that I think a lot of people would go, really? But when you look at Renjifo and what's being talked about when they talk about Renjifo, it may, it may change your mind. Re Rosenthal said that Renjifo is a very quality piece for a lot of teams. He's a switch hitter who's mm -hmm. played six different positions last season. Renjifo's 960 OPS after the All-Star game was the 17th highest in the majors, wow. Johnny. And he will play next season at age 27, still under club control for two years. So that's what Ken Rosenthal says. What do the Super Halo brothers say, Johnny? Well, we say that Renjifo is someone that uh, we both feel benefits from having consistent playing time. A whole yes. lot of people uh, feel like he's only a hot hitter in the summer when the games don't matter. 
And and that might be true if you looked at it from way zoomed out. But the truth is, Mike, uh, I discussed this on our Quick Hits episode last week. Renhifo is not getting consistent at bats at the beginning of the season because the full roster is there. But by right. the time by the time the summertime comes around, you know Anthony Rendon drops off and Trout's hurt, so you need to move some outfielders around. So then you get Renhifo in the outfield, you get him at third base, you get him at second, so Drew can play first. Right? There's there's a lot of injuries that occur, and that's the moment that yeah. Renhifo actually gets consistent playing time i feel like this is your modern day cj wilson argument, right i feel like there are and and so for those that don't know john big fan of cj wilson so am i a lot of people lump him into a really terrible signing but he had some good years with the halos Mm -hmm. the halos weren't really good when he was on the team and same thing with renhifo he when he gets consistent playing time and gets consistent at bats johnny he's he's pretty successful in fact uh july of 2023 he was getting into games every single day. Look at those numbers, John. They're pretty impressive. Yeah. Share those with us. Yeah, in, in July, he had a 315 batting average, a 398 on base. Mike, that's the big thing about Renhifo in 2023. Took a lot more walks. He did. This season, which yeah. was a, a vast improvement over 22. A 671 slugging percentage yeah. and a 1,069 nice OPS yeah. uh, in July. That's wild. Then in August, he had a 327 batting average, a 391 on base percentage of 520 slugging and a 911 OPS. Mike, baseball trade values puts Luis Renjifo at a surplus value that's taking in how many years of control there is, his injury risk, his ability to play all over the field. They give him a 13.7. And for reference, I looked this up, Jonathan India of the Reds mm. has a surplus value of 12.6. Wow. And he's got three years of arbitration left. So it seems like Renjifo has drawn all kinds of trade interest Mike, is now the time to sell high on Renhifo, or does he deserve or even have a chance to have a full-time role on this team? There are a lot of questions about where he's going to play, right? And uh, I saw a whole narrative from some of the talking heads in baseball media that were saying that maybe Drury is going to be somebody that sort of floats around. And I don't think that that's what you do with Brandon Drury this year. I think that you allow him to play because the dude had an excellent season last year even with all of the injuries and because of that I think Renhifo can be somebody that's expendable however if you're going to make a trade and you're going to sell high my opinion my baseball fandom says I think that you trade Drury and sell Mm. high on him because Mm -hmm. he's got one year left right and you keep Renhifo because he's got two years remaining under club control he's a switch hitter and can play pretty much anywhere and has played some outfield. Now, if they're going to keep Drury, then I would consider trading Renhifo. I would just want something back, John. I would want something of quality back. And I know that we've talked about Burns and Cease as two potential pitchers that the Angels could trade for. The problem is, is that both of those guys have one year left on their contracts. And all indications are that the White Sox are demanding a very high price for Dylan Cease. Yeah. And and so it's not just going to be Renhifo. It might be some other pieces that would have to go along with him. And I don't think that the Angels can afford, based on their depth, getting rid of a lot of pieces to go and get somebody. So if you had to pin me up against the wall, I'm going to say I would rather keep Renhifo over Drury. But if we trade Renhifo, I would want to get something of quality back, Burns or Cease, and then maybe do what they did with Glass now and the Dodgers, have them sign uh, an extended contract so that we can get some quality, uh, not just 
not just, well, I guess quality and quantity from somebody, not just like, yeah. Hey, one year and then we're moving on because that doesn't seem to be helpful. It's gotta be, it's gotta have an extension tied to it. There has to be a way to get it done. And we saw the Dodgers do it with glass now for yeah. two guys that, you know, are decent guys, but the, remember the angel, uh, the Dodgers also got uh, Manuel Margot back in that yeah. trade yeah. as well. So I think if you t package Renhifo with somebody else, that's a deal that can get it done. I know what everybody's going to say. Renhifo is not going to get it done. Right. Add, add in somebody else to that sure. and get an arm back in return and you might be able to get it done. Mike, another arm, Jose Suarez has been discussed. Ken Rosenthal says the Angels ranked sixth in the rotation ERA before falling to 19th last season. Mm -hmm. Most of their starters are young and talented enough to still pique the interest of rival clubs. Suarez, who's 26, had a 3.86 ERA in 207 and one-thirds innings in 2021 to 2022 before missing more than four months with a strained shoulder last season. He's under club control for three more years. Mike, what do the Super Halo Bros say about Jose Suarez? Jose's always seemed like the, the better relief pitcher rather than a starter, right? Mm -hmm. And in 58 games as a starter, he has 268 and two-thirds innings pitched, an ERA of 5.69, mm -hmm. and then in 19 games as a reliever, 55 and two-thirds innings pitched with a 3.88 ERA. Mm -hmm. Johnny, baseball trade values gives Suarez a 5.1 surplus value, as you've already shared. It, it covers a lot of things, including the club control and his age and all of those things. Best comparison that we found was Johnny Brito from the Padres, who was a part of the Juan Soto deal. He has a surplus value of 4.9. So, Johnny, Angels have used Suarez as the sixth man in that rotation when they've needed somebody to come up and pitch mm -hmm. in that in that spot. Uh, they've given him full-time turns in the rotation in mm -hmm. 2021 and 2022. Do you think that it's time to sell high, or is this the highest point that we can sell Suarez right now to another team? If there's interest coming for Jose Suarez, then I say trade, 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 Mike. Yeah. They've got Kenny Rosenberg and Davis Daniel as the, the depth pieces, who, in my opinion, are much more intriguing uh, than Jose Suarez because we've seen all that Jose Suarez has to offer. Can yeah. he get better? I'm sure he can get better. He's had flashes of really great pitching there every now and then but i'm just over the jose suarez experiment that we've been doing the last two years he's not a part of a championship team and not that this team is destined for the playoffs or anything but if there's actual interest in jose suarez i say you move him you yep. try to get whatever you can get back even if it's like a couple of single a guys that people are pretty high about i mean if, if there's interest and there's intrigue and there's any value at all for jose suarez you make that move 100 percent of the time mike and yeah. again I'd rather see Kenny Rosenberg and Davis Daniel get chances at the rotation over Jose Suarez again. What about you? I agree because Suarez is a lefty and the Angels are just really lefty yeah, dominated. Yeah, another factor. Right? And so having maybe a Davis Daniel instead of a Jose Suarez that could come in and pitch and fill in, I think would be much better for this team. And it, I think it would make it more palatable if the Angels did, say, sign like a Blake Snell or something along those oh, lines, for sure. right? And then they could... They could trade a Suarez, maybe even trade like a Sandoval and get some yeah. good pieces back as well. But I think you got to focus on his 
abilities in the bullpen. And right now, I guess if the Angels wanted to put him there, they could. But it just seems like they're trying to like, well, I guess we can make this work. Or, well, I guess we can make that work. I would say sell, 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 and sell high if he's being looked at as somebody that other teams would love to have on their team. Hey, we appreciate you making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. We're just getting started here. Got three more trade candidates that are drawing interest from rival teams for the Angels. Who would you be willing to part with? Ward? Moniac? Matt Thice. Well, we're going to get into all of that coming right up. It's football season, really like the important part of football season, not no just kidding. in the college football realm, but also in the NFL. And you can get your eyes really glued to the screen and not just because you're rooting for your favorite team, but because you might have some money on that game. And you can do that with FanDuel. They're sponsoring today's show and they're America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150. If your team wins, so I know that you've been thinking about joining FanDuel. Now's the best time to do that. The app is really easy to use. There's a whole lot of betting options that will be explained on the app. Spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. You can visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Get all of the details. Learn about everything that you need to learn about. You have a $5 money line bet. You can win 150 bucks. And who doesn't need 150 bucks? I, I do. I do. That's like me. a, what is that? Th- like a 300% profit or something like that? Like, let's sure. go. Right, let's <laughs> go. I, I'm down, especially after Christmas, right? You're buying a bunch of gifts. You can maybe recoup some of the, some of the resource that your you present, spent. Your Christmas present time. broke me this, this Christmas. Yeah. That ornament was, uh, <laughs> was yeah. If that was, ex- wow. If that was ex- broke you, then. We got to talk. Uh, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. And FanDuel is the official betting partner of the NFL. It's a Locked On Podcast Network where it's your team every day. Hey, every day is Locked On, as you know, has launched the very first 24-7 national sports streaming channel on YouTube. You can head on over to Locked On Sports today. They're here for you covering the top stories of the day around the sports world. 24-7 with the local experts of Locked On, plus the national shows covering MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL, all of it is there for you. So head on over to Locked On Sports today on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, and be part of the very first 24-7 national sports streaming channel. Two other names that have been mentioned in trade rumors for the Halos are Taylor Ward and Mickey Moniak. Let me mm-hmm. talk about Taylor Ward for a moment, but John, I'm going to need your help here. Uh, Ken Rosenthal says that uh, Mickey Moniak, of course, we know was I'm sorry, Taylor Ward was hit in the face by mm-hmm. Alex Manoa. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to need you to say hit in the face in your most exagger- ex- exasperated Frisch voice. You know, what I'm lo- you know what I'm looking for? You know what I'm looking for? Yeah, yeah. Taylor Ward got hit in the face. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) If you're watching on uh, the video side, you can see the head bob, the classic fresh head bob. Yeah, of course, Taylor Ward's heating up in the middle of the summer and gets hit in the face. (laughs) That was our response. That was our nephew's response. That was everybody's response, right? And that was in July. And then he missed the rest of the year with facial fractures. Uh, His offensive numbers declined a bit from his 2022 breakout season, but Teams really like the fact that he has three years of control. So that's what Ken Rosenthal says. What do the Super Halo Brothers say, Johnny? Mike, the Super Halo Bros say that Ward started out the season struggling a bit. Uh, He definitely was not off to the hot start that he was in 2022, but his numbers did get progressively better before he ended up missing the rest of the season after the face facial fracture. There you go. Do it one more time for you. If we could get bobbleheads, frisch bobbleheads, bobblehead. Halo Bros bobbleheads, 
Uh, I think that'd be great. My, so, mine would topple over because my head's huge. <laughs> <laughs> Fell off the desk again. Um, listen, in, in March and April, his average was down in the 200 yeah. range, 208. In May, he got up to 261. And then in June, he bat 258. And then in July, Mike, uh, he did get a lot of playing time in July. I think it yeah. was the end of the month where he got hit in the face. He had a 304 batting average in July. And then, of course, his on-base percentage, this is another area where Ward was really struggling, wasn't being as patient as he was in 22. And I think, again, that's why he didn't start start out as hot as he did right. the season before because he was being really patient. He had a really great eye at the plate, and he wasn't swinging at stuff out of the zone. Saw a lot more of that in 2023. But his on-base percentage in the first part of the season was 320. Remember, that a 300 average, a 400 on base, and a 500 slugging is like, that's where you want to be. The way, yep. the way you feel as a fan about a guy who hits 300 for his batting average is how you want to feel about a 400 on base and a 500 slugging. Mm-hmm. But then uh, it was 424 in the month of July, his on right. base percentage. Right. Then in, in terms of slugging, he was hitting 311 in terms of slugging in March and April. He got... 409 in the months of May and June, both of those months actually, he was slugging 409. Mike, he had a 623 slugging wow. in July. Uh, he's he's always been the safe outfielder. You and I have mentioned that many, many times in the past, and he's going to make the plays that every outfielder should make and, and needs to make. It's not going to be anything fancy. You're not going to see him making any uh, top 10 highlights on ESPN or anything like that albeit for that one play where I think he jumped over the wall. Was that last season, the short wall in left yes. field? With- <laughs> yeah. Yep. And so, and then the an- angels ended up losing that game anyway, but uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Taylor Ward has a surplus value. Get this Mike of 23.2. Wow. According to baseball trade values. Is that realistic? Is that seem right to you or wrong to you? I, I, it doesn't sit well with me. That seems yeah, too high. It does seem a bit high for, for Taylor Ward, but looking at how many years he's still under control and what his potential could be, the fact that he can play right and left field and possibly even some center field, I think they're putting his abilities and his agility all into the same category. Hmm. Uh, I, I wonder, John, is there a scenario where Ward, Moniac, Adele, and Trout are all of the outfielders and we see Ward maybe more at DH because he's coming off of this facial fracture. I would, I would say just because Adele and and definitely Moniac have proven to be the better defensive outfielders. Yeah. Um, even Adele last year, the guy was playing uh, toward the end of the season, all three outfield positions. I think his defense is going to be really great this season. I think that the conversation around Joe Adele's defense is going to be put behind us this season. Um, so yeah, potentially you could see war DH or perhaps they might want to get Adele or Moniac in that DH spot. If they want to get them off their feet, Mike, I, honestly, I think that's one of the biggest benefits of Otani not coming back to the angels is having the designated hitter again, for sure. Because as Rendon and trout get older, you're going to want that more. And then I, even with a guy like Taylor Ward, who's fine in the outfield, uh, you really have your best outfield of Adele Moniac and trout out there. Now I have a question for you. If the angels trade ward and get a starting pitcher in return, or maybe he's part of a package kind of like Renhifo, does that make a Cody Bellinger signing more like 
palatable or tolerable to you? Yeah, it does. And the reason why is because of what I just read recently about his stats. Like I know that some of the uh, uh, expected stuff was not what we would, would hope for, right? Mm -hmm. Like he kind of outperformed a lot of what was expected of him and he's probably going to have some regression, but I think that his left-handed bat in this lineup brings potentially 30, maybe even 40 home runs. I just mm. think of that like big wall in right field. And I think of Garrett Anderson, who <laughs> is probably really frustrated that they that lowered the home run, yeah. right? Uh, they lowered the home run wall. And so I could see Bellinger come in and be a great middle of the lineup type of guy. I know that there's hesitations about like, again, the stats and the expected stats and his regression. But if they do trade Ward, Ward and he's a part of a package to get a quality starting pitcher for us then yeah it would make sense to go and fill that role with a bellinger because at this point what are you left with well you have adele and you have boniac and you have trout and i think that you would want another big bat not that ward is the big bat but ward is a bat that can be a threat especially when he's hot i believe he was leading the league in rbis in the month of july i think that's right he was so the guy was the guy was crushing it that month. And so he can come through and be clutch when necessary. So I would be willing to part with Ward and I would also be willing to see the Angels sign Bellinger if they do make that trade for a starting pitcher. Mickey Moniak is another one getting a lot of attention. According to Ken Rosenthal, the value of a left-handed hitter who can play center field was demonstrated by the Giants recent signing of free agent Jung-Hoo Lee to a six-year $113 million deal. Moniak, who had 14 home runs, and an 802 OPS in 323 plate appearances last season is under control for four more seasons. So that's what Ken Rosenthal says. Mike, what do the Super Halo Bros say about Mickey Moniak? Mickey proved to be incredibly reliable in center field while Trout was out for the year. And mm -hmm. if Trout is going to DH, Johnny, I think Moniak would definitely be a great fill-in in center field. And I know he had a couple of miscues. He had that game against the White Sox where the ball dropped in front of him, right? And so it was really frustrating. But then he, but, he but came back and got hits. And, yeah, for as know. many miscues as he had, he had some incredible over-the-wall catches right, and stuff right. like that. Yeah, The guy the guy is a high-risk, high-reward type of guy. The and opposite of Taylor Ward. <laughs> he is. He is. And his splits are what's really the biggest issue for him. Against righties, he had a 294 batting average and an 866 OPS. Come against on. lefties, 222 batting average and a 548 OPS. So because of that, Johnny, two questions here. Would you be willing to part with Moniac? And if you aren't willing to part with him, would you platoon him with Joe Adele? I would want to keep him, and I'd rather him platoon with Joe Adele uh, in righty-lefty splits. Mike, I, like I've been saying since the offseason began, no expectations, and this is the year to assess what you've got. And if you've got a lefty in Mickey Moniak working with somebody like Johnny Washington, who helped a, another lefty yep. last season in yep. Cody Bellinger, perhaps there's something there. Perhaps you can wait it out and see how Mickey Moniak performs against lefties. And if it's not working out, then you have that option to platoon him with a Taylor Ward or a Joe Adele. I think that you keep Moniak on this team, especially with the years of control that he has. And Mike, his clutch stats are actually really impressive as well. So for Mickey Moniak to have that, I know you can't measure clutch in terms of this guy's clutch in all situations, but to, to come through in a big moment, man, he did a lot of that last season. And I would be interested and, and patient with him enough to see if that's something he can replicate in 2024. <music>
game that is interesting and maybe even intriguing for Angel fans and baseball fans that has been discussed in trade rumors is Matt Theis. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's a lot of pros and cons when it comes to Theis. Rosenthal said that catchers obviously are always in demand and Theis is under club control for four more seasons, Johnny. Wow. And he's a left-handed hitter who had a 745 OPS before the All-Star break last season. And then he did fall off in the second half half with a 504 OPS. Now that might be because he's playing every day and he hasn't played every day. And Hoppy will be back. And so there could be a nice platoon there. But we're talking about his trade potential. So that's what Rosenthal said. What do the Super Halo brothers say, Johnny? Mike, honestly, he's got some value as a backup catcher and he can play first base as well. And yep. he, he can even play some third base when you really need him to. Yeah, so he throws right-handed. Yep. Yeah, so there's uh, plenty of uh, options there for Thais in the infield, especially as the backup catcher to Logan Ohapi, which is the role that I think he was meant to play last season. I know Stassi was going to back up Ohapi. Well, now Stassi's in Chicago with the White Sox, and Thais has, you know, split that time between him and Chad Wallach. So I'm sure we'll see Ohapi behind the dish more than Thais. But again, I think that he brings a lot of value to the table. Here's some things I didn't realize about him in terms of uh, his uh, catching ability. Now, I know that you and I complained about his rainbow <laughs> throws yep. back to the pitcher, and yep. you know with somebody like Ron Washington watching that, he's going to say, uh-uh, and eliminate that immediately. Yeah. Yeah. But here's uh, what's really interesting about him. He had, according to StatCast, three blocks above average behind the plate. So he's moving around. He's keeping things from getting past him. That goes right hand-in-hand hand with Martin Maldonado, remember mm. him, mm-hmm. and Dodgers catcher, Will Smith. Yeah. So he, three blocks above average is actually pretty good for Matt Theis. Uh, he had a negative one catcher framing run. So think how well a catcher steals a strike for his pitcher, and then there's a run value attached to that. So Theis sat at negative one, which might sound bad, but then you hear this, that D-backs catcher, Gabriel Marino, and uh, had a he had a negative one catcher framing runs. And then that's actually better than Will Smith hmm. of the Dodgers. He was actually below negative one. Finally, the pop time at 1.98 seconds goes right in line with Salvador Perez, Kyle Higashioka, and Alejandro Kirk. So Theis has got one of the better pop times in terms of catchers around the league. Finally, he had a... Uh, a zero, basically league average. Yeah. Not not good, not bad. Making all the plays he was supposed to. In catchers, caught stealing above average. He's got a zero there. So that means he was right in line, making the throws he was supposed to, and getting guys out the way he should. And another catcher with a zero, caught stealing above average. You might have heard of him. Adley Rutschman. Yep. So yep. Tice is right in line with him as well. So those are things about his catching that we've talked about. Mike, what about his his swing and his left-handed bat? Yeah, we've talked about how he has this big, loopy swing, and if the ball is in his zone, he's going to make huge contact, right? But if the ball's not in his zone, it doesn't seem like he's going to hit it at all. He's going to swing over it or he's going to swing under it. Mm-hmm. You know, he has a similar swing to Cody Bellinger. <laughs> it feels kind of the same, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and he he hits the ball really hard when he makes contact. He had under 70% contact percentage. And so 
gosh, a left-handed bat who can catch and play first and maybe play some third for you. I can see why he's he's valuable. Johnny, mm-hmm. the, the big question, though, is that the Angels have brought on a couple of catchers in the minor leagues, Chad Wallach and yeah. Mejia. So because of that, do they trade Thais and hit their depth when it comes to catcher, or do they keep Thais and maybe trade other guys like Ranjifo or Ward or Moniak? If there's, I mean, it really comes down to the right deal for Matt Thais because four years of control for a, you know, a decent catcher yeah. who might not hit a whole bunch uh, is, is a really good uh, incentive for the angels to trade him away. I, I would hate to lose a catcher spot and really get more shallow at catching depth because with Mejia and Wallach waiting in the minors and you're going to roll with Ohapi and Thice in the majors, I think that bumps Wallach back up as the backup yeah. catcher, which is fine. He's not yeah. a terrible catcher, but uh, it, it makes you think the big question for me is can, can Thice improve? Yeah. Because really wasn't last season his first truly yeah. real full season he hasn't really had any opportunities right and so last year was the first time to get opportunities and if i could just speak for some of our locked on everydayers when they think about him being traded uh, there was somebody that mentioned like he's going to become the napoli of of the (laughs) (laughs) market like right we traded napoli and he went away and then we got vernon wells right it was a terrible trade yeah and so i think that there's some whiplash that we have from that situation but continue with your thought well i just think and and maybe this is a question for you um is there any hope that considering the Angels have Johnny Washington, who helped Bellinger with his big loopy left-handed swing last year, is there any hope for Thice this season that he can be better at the plate? Because that really seems to be the part of his game that's missing, Mike. Because when you consider he can play first, he can catch, and maybe even play some third if you need him to, it starts to make me think that he actually is pretty valuable. Yeah. It's all about his approach at the plate. Do you yeah. think that that's something you're willing to be patient with and see if he can improve there? I would say yes for two reasons. One, last year he was really learning the position in the major leagues. I know he tried it in the minor leagues, but really he got thrown into this because of injuries. And, and two and catcher's so, interferences. That right, and so he's, game. <laughs> he's figuring this out, right? But but second, and we're going to talk about this tomorrow on tomorrow's show, one of our Locked On Everydayers made a good point. I think that this coaching staff adds like five war to this team. And, and honestly, I think when it comes to Matt Thice, I think Johnny Washington can be somebody that will help him to drastically improve at the plate. So a part of me says, keep him because I think that he's somebody that we could really utilize as a backup catcher. I get he's a backup catcher and you can probably find another good backup catcher like Wallach, but because he's still got four years of control, there might be a lot of growing that he can do in those four years with the halos. When you consider that Ohapi could get more hitting time using the DH as well, you're going to want somebody like Matt Theis at the plate and behind the dish as well. So uh, you know what? Again, no expectations for me. This is the year where you assess what you have. Do it with Matt Thice this season and see what you have in him. See if you can get him to improve at the plate and see 
if he's going to be a contributing factor to the Halos next season. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Every day is remember that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On like John and I, plus our national shows covering every league. You can go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Hey, give us a follow at Lockdown Angels on Twitter and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. Whether you're watching or listening, come on over to YouTube, find today's show, and get in our comments and hit that like button while you're here uh, because it's the best way to reach us in the comments section of YouTube below. Also, don't forget to vote for us in the 2024 Sports Podcast Awards. That link is in the episode description for you. Mike, what do we have on deck for Friday's show? The Zips projections are out, and they try to predict what the teams will do using past data, and then they want to talk about the future. And the Halos are a part of this, and tomorrow you and I are going to share about these projections, and we're going to talk about why some are good and some are concerning, and that's tomorrow (laughs) on Locked on Angels. All right, looking forward to that conversation. We hope you'll come back and join us. Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Thanks for being here with us, and we'll see you right back here for more Locked on Angels tomorrow. Tomorrow.